Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into the world of innovation, technology, and social impact, then this is the episode for you, because my next guest has been working at the intersection of those fields and approaches for almost 20 years. But before I introduce you to Joshua Haynes, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you a window into the episodes and the professions we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign up box is right there. Now, my Sumatra drinking social impact and technology lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Joshua Haynes, the founder and managing partner at Masawa, a social impact fund that invests for financial and social returns in people and organizations innovatively making mental wellness matter. Over the last almost 20 years, Joshua has worked for both the U.S. and Swedish governments, managing a portfolio of a combined $190 million in innovative grant funding in emerging and frontier market countries that are targeting poverty alleviation, civil society, human rights, and technology. He's also had experience leading the design and implementation of digital products and services for large enterprises in Europe and the U.S. And among his many talents, Joshua also speaks seven languages. Joshua, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Yes, I am. Thank you so much, Andrea. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, and I know that you are joining me from your home in Berlin. You and your husband have two little ones, one of whom is napping now, and the other is doing something we're not going to mention. <laughs> I, I think I think he's watching TV. Is that right? Don't tell anybody. Okay. The say that's not good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I know. All right. Well, let's <laughs> dive into our 10 espresso shots, and we're going to frame this within the fields of social impact and technology. And perhaps before we completely dive into them, Joshua, you could give us a definition of what social impact is, what social impact investing is. Great. So social impact investing is investing in organizations where the expectation is placed on receiving returns financially and socially. So unlike a venture fund, for example, we place 
impact metrics on all of our investments. And full financial gain isn't made by everyone until those impact metrics are reached. So this keeps us honest to our goal of, of helping, in our case, helping more people become mentally well, and also gets us away from this idea that growth, valuation, and exits are the only thing that matter. Excellent. So what are the entry-level jobs that are available to young people who want to break into these fields? I think it's primarily around support services, helping to get the word out. So is that if that's comms, social media, marketing, writing, as well as research, understanding, being able to wade through various numbers and come and present as part of the team on opportunities, whether they be areas or actual companies to invest in. And so those would be like an associate, usually jobs that have associate person. Or associate comms communications or associate community manager. That's someone who's very important in making sure that the community comes together around these areas. And then on the technology side, what do you think folks should be looking out for? Looking on both the design and the experience. So whether it be a junior user experience UX or user interface developer or a junior developer themselves, whether it be the front end or the back end of the products and services that are being developed. Perfect. Joshua, what is a useful hard and soft skill that you've looked for over the years in the young people that you've hired? So a hard skill is definitely analytics, being able to crunch numbers and come to a thesis about the numbers that's backed up by facts. That's crucial. But honestly, I think a more important skill, a soft skill, is the ability to be vulnerable and humble at the same time. To be able to wade through all the competition that you feel both getting the job and in the marketplace and to say, I don't know. I don't know how to do this well. I'd like to be able to do this better. And being able to be true and exposing that for what it is. I wish I could have done that a lot earlier than I can now. Well, you and me both, Joshua, I think one of the things that is so common among young people, and I didn't fully appreciate this until I was older, is that for some reason, they feel that when they're early in their career, they have to act like they already understand, they already know it. And the truth Mm -hmm. is that those of us who have more miles on the odometer in the office, we see right through that. And we're there to help you and support you. So just come to us and be honest. Let us know that you're struggling with something. If we have any advice, I don't know if that resonates with you. Oh, absolutely. That veil of perfection that so many young people and so many even people my age still have is so easily cut through with the knife of humility. And by being able to say, I don't know, you gain so much credibility and traction. Yes. And respect. Yes. certainly win my respect because it shows that you have self-awareness and self-confidence. Even if it may not really be the kind of self-confidence you aspire to, it shows (laughs) that you are courageous and that you are humble, as Joshua said. Joshua, what about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into impact investing, to get into the tech field? In other words, if they haven't studied fill-in-the-blank finance, computer science, is it a deal breaker? Absolutely not. 
I think it's more important that someone is able to figure out what their intellectual curiosities are and deepen their ability in those areas and to really gain the skills of how to learn, how to communicate, how to do analysis, regardless of what the actual matter is, and then easily transfer that into the areas that you actually need in terms of finance, math, computer science, engineering, or whatever it might be. I would say it's actually maybe, and this is maybe me being more of an outlier in general, but it's actually maybe more advantageous for those people who aren't classically trained in the main areas of social impact investing, because you bring in such a wealth of experience that others simply don't have. Fantastic. And that's as an undergrad. What about a graduate school degree in order to succeed in your field? So less so for the entry-level positions. And if so, Joshua, what do you think are the most useful ones to have? So I think we have to be honest and question if graduate degrees are actually required at all. There are a number of people in impact investing who don't have graduate degrees. Some don't even have undergraduate degrees. But if you look at one of the key benefits of having a graduate degree is is access to network, to the friends, to the people you've had shared experiences with, you've really lived through some hard times with and have an extra special bond. Those are things that are really useful at the graduate level. So I would say it's more about the experience that you have and the type of learner you are for me than what actual MBA or MD or whatever those letters are after your name, after you finished graduate school. That's what really counts. I love that. And when you say it depends what kind of learner you are, what do you mean by that? So as I understand it, no, I'm no expert. I just know everything that Google tells me. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't put so much trust in one company, but here we are. People certainly learn differently, whether it be visually, auditorily, kinetically, and really being able to come to a job, a family, as it were. Because let's be honest, most of your time, the things that you think about most have to do with school if you're in school or work if you're in the working field. So bringing yourself and knowing where you are helps you not make those initial stumbles in terms of knowing that you, for example, aren't going to be as effective if you have to read hundreds of pages of materials and trying to synthesize it, but rather that you work better in a different way. So I think it's really knowing your styles is super crucial. And I love that you brought that up. I don't know if you're familiar with the Harvard professor, Dr. Howard Gardner, and the eight intelligences that he, I guess, came up with, that he researched, teased out, and the fact that there are so many ways that we're different from one another. We don't all learn the same way, as Joshua said. Exactly. And we have different superpowers. Joshua was just showing me something that his husband created, which you can't see right now because this is auditory, but his husband is, is it weaving? Quilting. Quilting. Yes. Amazing. Quilting. And you describe it for me first because I just learned about it. Yeah, certainly. So he's creating modern quilts that aren't like your, at least if you live in the US, your grandma's quilts. They're taking new approaches and new techniques to crafting and constructing these tried and true garments, um, blankets, etc. And so he's not so much, yes, he's an artist, but he's a constructor. And so he's using his strengths of putting things together. He's able to figure out these intricate pieces and the construction methods to reveal beautiful, very large pieces of art. And I'm sure he'd be very interested 
and having a lot more Instagram followers, but we can talk about social media. (laughs) Yes, we can. And the beautiful quilt that's just behind Joshua is the Andy Warhol Marilyn Monroe. It's spectacular. And I raise that because some of you may be unbelievable when it comes to music or Mm -hmm. art or athletics or numbers or communications. There are so many different ways that you can build meaningful careers and you need that self-knowledge. So think about what comes easily to you and maybe play to your strengths. Absolutely. So Joshua, what kinds of life experiences in your experience, and I know you speak seven languages, do you think are the most useful ones for someone to have who's starting out in either impact investing or technology? I think having a multiplicity, a a whole range of experiences, especially experiences that you might not normally want to have had or that people who you grew up with have had is is so crucial to be able to bring, again, that more diversity of experiences to the workplace and to your life in general. You mentioned I speak lots of languages, but I didn't know learning languages was easy for me until I was actually a senior in high school. And I was fortunate to receive a scholarship, a congressional scholarship, to study abroad in Germany. And within a few months, I was speaking German. And I thought, hmm, well, this is interesting. If I had taken the risk about wanting to get out and living with a German family in a German village uh, for a year, I wouldn't have been able to then be interested in seeing the world and having had all the experiences that I was so fortunate to, to have had. And what an amazing gift that is. Oh my gosh, to think that you learned such a difficult language as German in just three months. Exactly. And if I had been sitting in Germany, having been immersed and being forced to speak it, there's no telling where I'd be today. Joshua, what is the best part for you of being in impact investing, in having your own social impact fund? I think the best part is to be able to provide financial resources, coaching, external resources to really talented and inspirational founders and individuals who are really working to help make society a better place. It helps to remember that we're all in this together, especially during these times of COVID-19, is that if we don't get through this together, we're not going to get through this at all. And so by using the power of capital and maybe a traditional, traditionally capitalistic, money-hungry investment thesis coupled with the desire and demand impact return, I think just helps bring these two worlds together. Absolutely. So well said. Now, we know that every job, and it doesn't matter if it's your own company, if it's your own social impact fund, has aspects that are challenging, that aren't so much fun. What is the part of your current job as the founder and managing partner at Masawa that sucks the most, Joshua? There's a lot of things that suck. (laughs) Some of the biggest thing, I think, is the stress or the the expectation is, oh, are we going to be able to both get the type of investment that we need and also really find the right type of investees? We have to pay people. We need to be able to develop and we're trying to develop a social mission to make sure that more people can talk about mental illness freely. And so just this nagging kind of monkey on your back that says, well, 
can you really do it? Do you think you can do it? I think it's something I have to contend with the most. But hopefully at the end of the day, and even when I get really frustrated and I want to pull my hair out and take a deep breath, try to center, and then I keep going forward. Well, I know we're going to be getting into this in our main time for coffee interview. And please check out show notes to see if that episode has already dropped. But one of the areas that Masawa invests in are natural approaches. So the meditation, exercise, other ways that we can center ourselves and take care of our bodies. Because I'm going to give you a little tease here. Listeners, there is a connection between what you put in your body, how you take care of your body, and your mental health and your mental wellness. Joshua, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever received was don't take the straight path. If you look about where you want to be in five to 10 years and how you think most people have gotten there, it's a ladder approach. You get a promotion, you get a raise. Take the zigzag path. Get out of your field completely. Gain new perspectives and then get back into it. Because honestly, where I am now, I never would have thought that I would have been able to combine all of my previous life experiences into one thing. You and me both, Joshua. (laughs) I could never have guessed in a million years that I would be trying to build the Time for Coffee platform as I am. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. feel that it is the sum total of everything I've done in my life. So double high five across the airways here. (laughs) (laughs) Two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, or Netflix, Hulu, Amazon shows, or books do you think accurately depict your profession? So that's a tricky one. Of course, I would say investment books, movies, The Wolf of Wall Street kind of shows the underbelly of what everything can happen. But I can't really pinpoint one that I feel, oh, that's it. That's where we are now. And it, it may be, honestly, it's because I haven't looked to film or books to figure out what my career should be. I've mainly focused on developing based on my passions and the skills and connections that I can bring together. Fair enough. And it's it's a question, honestly, that sure. isn't something every guest has been able to answer. It's easier for <laughs> some professions than others. I don't know too many right. social impact fund related movies, but you know, maybe one day one of our not listeners yet. will make one. Exactly. Not yet. Exactly. Okay. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies be surprised to learn about your profession? It's not all glitz and money, or it's not about having a bleeding heart and ensuring that people are able to, at least in my area, have better access to mental wellness. It's really a combination of the hard stuff and the heart stuff. Oh, that's beautiful. A combination of the hard and the heart. That's really beautiful. What a wonderful way to end. Joshua, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community, the work that you are doing at Masawa, the mission that you have is 
so very important, and I am really looking forward to getting into it in our main Time for Coffee interview. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, Andrea. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.